everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Doll Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Thank you for supporting the Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. All these older retro reviews are posted and released on patreon.com slash Podcast first, uh, and then... If I'm feeling generous or if we just a little slow on the reviews for that week, we might release a couple of these Patreon exclusives. Um, but yeah, so this is the review for My Neighbor Totoro. My Neighbor Totoro, a 1988 Japanese animated fantasy written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki and animated by Studio Ghibli. And uh, for... Tamuna, Tok, Tokma, Shoten. All right, so I'm already going to tell you that I'm going to mess up a lot of these names. Uh, you know, stupid American, go ahead and send send all those to me. Um, you know, dumbass, don't know how to don't know how to read that type of thing. I'll take it all. Um, so uh, here is uh, some of the uh, Wikipedia information. Um, the original. My Neighbor Totoro stars Naroko uh, Haidaka, Chika Sakamoto, and Hitoshi Ta- uh, Takaji. I-, I told you I was going to get whooped. My ass was going to get whooped in this shit. So y'all just uh, sit back. Um, but anyways, this movie tells the story of a professor's two young daughters and their interaction with friendly wood spirits in post-war rural Japan. Um, it's won many awards, uh, from what we, Wikipedia says, is won the Animage, Anime Grand Prix Prix Prize, um, and the Manisha Film Award, as well as Kima Kumpo Award for Best Film in 1988. So I'm just assuming, I haven't really heard of any of these awards, but I'm just assuming these are really big ones, probably international or Japanese-based. Um, so yeah, special awards at uh, Blue Ribbon Awards the same year. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with too much, too many of these, so I'm just kind of relaying the information just in case it is in, you know, informative to some people. Um, the runtime is 86 minutes. That's almost an hour and a half. The box office had $41 million, um, which is pretty damn good for back in the day. It says in 1989, Streamline Pictures produced an exclusive dub for the Trans-Pacific flights by Japanese airlines, Troma Films, under the 50th Film Street Films banner, distributed by uh, the films co-produced by Jerry Beck. Um, It says the dub was released in 1993, um, and then there was a re-release. Uh, the rights to this dub expired in 2004, and it was re-released by Walt Disney Home Entertainment again with a new dub cast. I think this is the new dub cast I heard was Dakota Fanning and Ellie Fanning, which are his uh, the younger sister of Dakota. Both are pretty involved in uh, movies these days and have been acting since they are very young, very talented uh, young actresses. Um, the, 
Neighbor Totoro received critical acclaim as it has amassed a worldwide cult following in the years after its release. The film and its titular character Totoro have become cultural icons. The film has grossed over $41 million in the worldwide box office as of September 2019, generating approximately $277 million from home video sales and $1.1 billion in licensed merchandise sales, adding up approximately $1.46 billion in total lifetime revenue. This was all from Wikipedia. I thought that was kind of interesting information just from the fact is Hayao Miyazaki, uh, one of... I think some people would equate him maybe to like a, a Japanese Walt Disney uh, when it comes to his influence in uh, animation and uh, especially hand-drawn animation, 2D animation, all that good stuff. Um, he is also the creator of Spirited Away, um, Princess Mayanoki. Um, there's a bunch of Studio Ghibli uh, classics that a lot of people have talked about for many years. Um, I'm just now kind of getting around to it and kind of giving my two cents on it. I think that My Neighbor Totoro, from uh, from the standpoint of what I watched, I'm going to consider I watched the 1988, but it did have the uh, Dakota Fanning and L.A. Fanning voices in there. Um, I enjoyed My Neighbor Totoro just from like uh, the creative concept of it. I do feel like it's kind of mislabeled in naming it My Neighbor Totoro, to be honest. Without saying too much spoilers, uh, Totoro, his ass ain't even in the movie that much, to be honest. I feel like there is a large chunk of this movie where we are not with Totoro even like a little bit. Um, and we're kind of just following the lives of uh, these two daughters uh, and their father kind of relocating into this rural, rural Japan and kind of understanding uh, they're navigating of the lands of it and it is kind of more or less like a day in the life kind of thing and uh, their ability to kind of interweave this spiritual world that uh, Hayao Miyazaki has has very much well known for especially after um, this movie this this movie feels like the first of uh, the big expansion of the world of Spirited Away. I don't know if it's confirmed that the movies all share like a cinematic universe or if that's like a theme that they share like similar characters, but it feels like My Neighbor Totoro was the first or first few drafts in this world that he wanted to create. And he, once he, you know, sh was able to show how crazy and how, um, not just like psychedelic, but just like interesting the type of artwork that he was able to bring um, was and how much people enjoyed it, uh, not only from just like a visual standpoint of liking it as a film, but people were buying the, buying the merchandise with this Totoro guy on it. Um, he's, his Hayao Miyazaki has kind of like these exaggerated features on um, in really intense detail on the designs of his creatures and individuals uh, at, at some points, um, kind of comparing it to Spirited Away. Um, Spirited Away has this uh, has this almost entirely uh, different land that they travel to, and I feel like this is just kind of like giving you like a little taste of that land. Um, so let me see what else we got over here before. My Neighbor Toyota Road 41... First, 41st in Empire's Magazine, 100 Best Films of World Cinema, 2010. 
ranked 18th in Empire's 50th Best Animated Characters list. Totoro did. Um, and uh, let me see. Uh, a list of the greatest animated films and timeouts ranked the film number number one. A uh, similar list compiled by editors of Time Out, uh, ranked by film number three. My Neighbor Totoro was also ranked number uh, ranked animated film on the 2012 Sight and Sound Critics Poll of all of all time greatest films. The characters made multiple cameo appearances in a number of Studio Ghibli films. So it does seem like there is like the shared universe in a, in a way. And popular video games as it serves for the mascot for the studio as it recognized as one of the most popular characters in Japanese animation. Um, so as a film lover and someone that's, you know, pretty interested in animation, I'm not super worldly in it and I'm not like I got thousands of hours under my belt, but kind of just studying and understanding. Um, successful animation, um, especially from a merchandising standpoint, is, is very fascinating to me. Um, Totoro, I love the design, love the character. I wish he was in this movie more. Um, so yeah, let me see what else we got. All right, so uh, because we are in the, uh, what is it called, the, the, the Patreon section, um, you get all this goodness early, so everyone that has been a Patreon member is getting all of this like a dog podcast, Totoro goodness, live and good and early. No, actually, this this one's not live, but um, I'll let you know as soon as it's posted. So if you're a Patreon member, you will know immediately what's going on. So um, I'm going to get a little bit of coffee before we talk about the plot. And if you're listening to this after I've already posted this, into the YouTube or SoundCloud where um, uh, it's the full all unraw cut. And I hope you all enjoy. This is kind of what everyone was, everyone is enjoying in the exclusive Patreon section. Um, so be sure to um, thank the Patreons for um, supporting the Patreon section of the Luggadal podcast. It helps us grow, helps us keep the lights on in the studio. Um, and yeah, so let's talk about the plot of My Neighbor Totoro. Um, as we go, this is obviously going to contain spoilers. And, um, oh wow, this is very interesting. It looks like the houses and the design of the places that are in this movie are actual real places. On, on Wikipedia, they have uh, some of the houses and whatnot of the drawings. I do got to say... Uh, from the pros of the movie, I like. I normally do pros and cons of the movie. Um, the majority of the movie, I think, looks uh, really rich with color. I love the cinematography. I love the detail in this movie. There's things about this movie where it's showing the detail of them, how they respect the houses and they can't wear shoes and stuff like that into the house. Um, some of the the excitement from the young girl um, played by. Uh, Ellie, I think Ellie Fanning did the voice in the in the version I watched, but uh, May is the younger daughter, I believe. May is got this excitement within her that is just so it's so cute and adorable. I think that Miyazaki has always thrived in cute and adorable, not only creatures but people design as well. Um, and it's not just like small. Th- it, it, it's not just like. Uh, see, entire scenes. It can just be like little things that happen throughout um, 
the animation that make it feel a little bit more real. Like there'll be a gust of wind and you'll see all these little papers flying when the father's reading or when um, uh, the May is excited about getting ready to eat some sushi or something like that. It shows extremely detailed shots of the sushi, but also, um, you know, how when she's jumping up and down on the table, how everything is, you know, you know, moving at the same time. It's just, it's, it's very adorable. Um, this movie is, feels much more geared toward a younger audience as well. Nothing, not that that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think that you can have movies that are geared towards a certain audience and the larger audience enjoy it as well. Um, I did enjoy Spirited Away a little bit more with this concept. Just, it feels a little bit more broader. Um, but yeah, so let's, uh, discuss the, uh, and then we have Tim Daly as the, uh, the fathers in here, Tatsu. Here's the plot. In 1950s Japan, uh, university professor, um, oh, this is, whoops. In 1950s Japan, university professor Tatio Kasakabi and his two daughters, Satsushi, 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 oh my god, Satsuki, Satsuki and May, <laughs> I told you I was going to get beat up by these fucking names, Satsuki and May move into an old house to be closer to the hospital where the girl's mother, Yasuko, is recovering from a long-term illness. The house is inhabited by tiny creatures called Susawatari, um, small, dark, dust-like house spirits seen when they're when moving from light to dark places. When the girls become comfortable in their new house, the soot spirits leave to find another empty house. So, like many of the creatures, like many of the worlds that Miyazaki has created, these are the soot, what are they? they're not monsters, they're like soot spirits, um, that kind of more of like a representation and not so much like a, a um, let me see. Yeah, they're 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 more they're more like like a a metaphor, I guess, is what I would say. Just for you know, like the light clearing out the dark, kind of, um, you know, and and kind of you know having hope, I guess, in a way. One day, May find May discovers two small spirits who lead her into the hollow of. A large uh, camphor tree. She befriends a large spirit which identifies itself by a series of roars that she interprets as Totoro. She falls asleep atop Totoro, but when Satsuki finds her, she is on the ground. Despite many attempts, May is unable to show her family Totoro's tree. Tatsuo, the father, confronts her by telling her that Totoro will reveal himself when he wants to. So it's it's the classic uh, boy who cried wolf or girl who cried wolf and she's seeing something that everyone else can't see. Um, seen this trope before. Obviously this was done in 88 so it was probably before many of that had been done. Kind of feels a little bit like Casper a little bit in a way. I don't, It's been a while since I've watched that movie but I feel like Casper kind of had like you know the friendly ghost in a way, um, maybe in some some sort of manner. There's like a relation to that. Um, 
it is kind of just like, all right, well, all of a sudden now May has found like this big Snorlax looking ass uh, spirit thing. And I wonder if Snorlax is based off of the Totoro image because it looks extremely similar. Um, but anyways, and, and they both snore and like sleep a lot, I guess. It just kind of like feels like there's so much similarity. So honestly, the first what feels like 15 to 20 minutes there is no Totoro I don't think in this movie and the movie is called My Neighbor Totoro there's tons of setup and lots of um, parts of the movie at the beginning where I, it feels like there's going to be like this uh, this entity that's going to befriend the kids at the beginning but it kind of holds off for quite a long time to be honest I was almost like, is this guy ever going to, Is once he shows up, what's he going to do? What's this big deal about having a neighbor Totoro? Um, and it's like, okay. Um, May is the first one to discover him. One, one rainy night, the girls are waiting for, uh, waiting for Tetsu's bus, bus, which is late. May falls asleep on Satsuki's back, and Totoro appears beside them. Allowing Satsuki to see them for the first time, Totoro has only a leaf on his head for protection against the rain. So Satsuki offers him an umbrella she had taken from her father. Totoro is delighted and gives her a bundle of nuts and seeds in return. It's <laughs> a little bit weird. Um, a giant bus-shaped cat, a.k.a. cat bus, halts at the stop and Totoro boards and leaves. Um, why didn't Totoro offer them like a ride for one thing? Uh, considering this mug can fly, why does he even need a cat bus if he's flying? I got so many questions. Um, and I guess it's like later established before we kind of get into it that Totoro can only be seen by the girls or people that believe. And it's, you know, I guess if you believe, you could achieve kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, let me see. Okay, so. Yeah, this whole sequence, I think, is one of the strongest sequences when the girls are coming upon uh, Totoro, or Totoro just kind of, like, appears out of nowhere. He kind of just, like, boom, boom, just his legs are just chilling there. And um, Satsuki is just like, oh, my God, and doesn't really freak out at, uh, at first. And I don't think she ever really does freak out, but like uh Totoro is like super excited about this like rain coming down off the trees and stuff like that and it's just a cool little hilarious scene that feels like it just could just be like a short film honestly and the whole little sequence of cat bus showing up and these eyes that are blaring these headlights that you can see into the distance is just so visually crazy and radical and cool i just really i love the the image of cat bus and it just made everything about Cat Bus and Totoro, all this, those scenes just make me want to watch Spirited Away again, to be honest. Like, it, it, it just feels like a little taste, and I just want more. Um, Totoro is a drug dealer, and he's got that good shit. So, I, I like, I don't, I had, it's been a while since I've seen Spirited Away. I know there's only, speci I don't remember if Totoro is just like, chilling there i need to go back and check but the creature design is something that i love in, in miyazaki's world um 
Let me see. So shortly after Totoro bounces in his cat bus, uh, Tetsuo's bus arrives, which I didn't even really understand that whole thing. The bus arrives, drops him off, and then they, what, do they walk back or something like that? Why didn't they all jump on the bus? And, and, and Tetsuo is, they completely leave this part out, but there is like this very strange scene in between when they're moving in. I know it's a, a dad and his daughters, but they're like bathing and stuff like that. I was just like, oh God, this is, I know it's 1988, different time, but it's just like, it's not, and it's obviously not supposed to be inappropriate. They're, they're like really young girls, so it's just like very dis, is disturbing to even think about. But the way the animation's drawn is just fucking weird. Like the dad's legs are just like, unfortunately, just <laughs> like, why do they gotta be like spread and then like have the daughter in front and her head's like blocking where his crotch would be? It, it was y'all didn't have to draw it like that. Y'all didn't have to get so nasty with it. I was like, oh god, and it literally it, it threw me out of the movie. And this happens all before Totoro shows up really and makes an appearance. Um, and Totoro's little goons behind him. Those things are kind of cool looking too but it was just like what the fuck why did y'all even draw this it's just unnecessary and like the dad's like like playing like some game in the bathtub i was i was like y'all could have just cut this y'all could have just cut this <laughs> I, was, I was like why'd y'all do this y'all are ruining this for me um so i know i could not be the only one that felt uncomfortable during that scene so y'all don't play about that um so anyways cat bus shows up takes totoro out um, does not take the girls with them, and uh, then what is it? Uh, the dad shows up, and then they don't. He hops off the bus, and he's like, "Hey, girls, I'm back." And then the bus leaves. I, I don't. I don't think it even shows them getting back. Um, so that was, I guess, wait for another bus. Um, so, anyways, when they get back, the uh, back home, the girls plant the seeds. A few days later, they awaken at midnight to find Totoro and his colleagues engaged in the ceremonial dance uh, dance around. The planted seeds. <laughs> I love this as Totoro and his colleagues, as if he's like a businessman. Totoro, yeah, they were getting that little boogie dance, doing the the rain dance around the seeds and the trees and the tree, uh, uh, the uh, the uh, garden and stuff like that. And I love that little dance, the little uh, that two step they got going on. I thought it was, um, it's cute, it's funny, it's uh, I don't know. I feel like it's something that you know kids would relate to, and they're trying to learn how to have a green thumb and stuff like that. So, I love that little ceremonial dance. I wonder if it's even like a, if it's, let me see. I I couldn't find it if that was like a real ceremonial dance. It'd be kind of crazy if it was. I don't think it is. Um, so, the girls join in, and the seeds grow into an enormous tree. I love the design and everything of this tree coming up. This I keep I keep referring back to Spirited Away because that's really my only uh, Studio Ghibli knowledge at this point. Um, but I love the continuation of how big and of the scale of this tree is and how uh, in big in proximity to the house it was. I was like, wow. Um, and it's, it's beautifully hand-drawn, I think. Um, so Totoro takes the girls for a magical ride on a magical flying top in the... Um, on the magical flying top and I think several times before this we've seen them uh, Totoro hitting this like uh, acorn 
that he's like blowing into making like a whistling humming musical sound and the girls and Totoro go flying well I didn't think that it, like jumping onto this big furry thing was the easiest thing I'd be scared to death if this, if this thing was just like gr- like yelling and growling he doesn't really even say anything he's going Bruh! and he's fucking spinning on this top running around the tree it just became like fantastical to a point where it was just like things didn't really make much sense anymore it first it has this like Alice in Wonderland vibe when May is kind of falling into the uh, finding the tree originally and then it kind of kicks into high gear of just say they just say fuck it and have the magical tops coming out of nowhere magical trees showing up out of nowhere and then them not being there in the morning um so uh let me see Totoro takes the girls for a magical ride on a flying magical top in the morning the tree is gone but the seeds have indeed sprouted it is left unclear whether the girls were dreaming so possible possibility that was a dream but um from the way that I think that it had interacted there was like a wind gust I felt like that had affected the father but he didn't hear any of it so I don't know um, I think he did hear the music that they were playing, though, on top of the tree. I don't know. I think it, it probably happened. The girls were the girls find out that a planned visit by Yasuko, their mother, has been postponed because of a setback in her treatment. May does not take this well and argues with Satsuki, later leave, leaving for the hospital to, to bring fresh corn to Yasuko. Her disappearance prompts Yasuki and the neighbors to search for her. In desperation, Satsuki returns to the camp for tree and pleads for Totoro's help. Very much in the same fashion that Mei finds her, you know, falls on his stomach, they have this like interaction of him like snoring and stuff like that, sleeping, big chilling, whatever. Delighted to to help, he summons the cat bus, which carries her to where the lost Mei sits. The bus then whisks them away from the countryside to see Yatsuko in the hospital. The girls overhear a conversation between their parents and discover that she has been kept in the hospital by a minor cold but is otherwise doing well. They secretly leave the ear of the corn uh, ear of corn on the windowsill where it is discovered by their parents and return home. Uh, eventually, Mei and Satsuki's mother returns home, and the sisters play with their children, with other children, while Totoro and his friends watch them from afar, gazingly from afar. Hey, well, we're time. <laughs> um, and that is my neighbor Totoro. So, uh, let me see anything else. Uh, Totoro lives in a camp for tree is a, in a Shinto shrine surrounded by a Shinto rope. All characteristics of Akami. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm trying to see. An- animism is a large theme in this uh, film, according to Eriko Akari Shock. Um, I'm not sure what animism is. Oh, the belief that objects, places, and creatures all possess a distinct spiritual essence. Um, hmm. So yeah, overall, I would probably give My Neighbor Totoro 7 out of 10. 
it's a great step in the direction for uh, Miyazaki. If I was watching this in 1988, I would just want more, and that's all I would be craving. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can't complain about this movie at all. I think it's, quite honestly, very strong for one of the openings of uh, Ghibli. Um, yeah, but thank you for listening, watching Luckadell Podcast. Sorry, I had a call come in, so I had to kind of rush off the air. I just wanted to keep on talking about this movie. So IMDb says, This film is partially autobiographical. When Hayao Miyazaki and his brothers were children, his mother suffered from spinal tuberculosis for nine years and spent much of her time hospitalized. It is implied yet never revealed in the film that Satsuki and May's mother also suffers from tuberculosis. He once said that the film would have been too painful for him to make if the two protagonists were boys instead of girls. It's kind of interesting. I didn't really think about that. Didn't really talk about in the synopsis at all the strange neighbor boy who kept saying that their house was haunted, which kind of feels like it went a little bit nowhere, but then maybe it didn't. I don't. I thought it was kind of going to be like, all right, there's Todoro's in the house, not not his neighbor, not their neighbor, but. It, I felt like it was a little bit two different minds happening at, at some points. Um, and then we have Granny who just comes up and says, I'm Granny, and now I'm Granny of the story. It's just like, all right, I guess that's how that works. Um, I know that in American culture it's just a little bit different. You don't just claim your Granny of you know everybody, but I guess so in, in this movie. Um, let me see. Miyazaki originally conceived the characters uh, Setsuki and Mei as a single girl. He wanted to add suspense to the latter half of the film and felt it wouldn't work with just a girl, so he split her into two separate girls. The original girl had features of both Setsuki and Mei and was seven, halfway between the ages of Setsuki and uh, Mei. Note that the poster there is only one girl reflecting the original idea. Um, so, wait, let me see what the poster is. The poster only just... Well, I guess there's several different posters. Um, let me see. Let me see. I don't know. I, it's funny because a lot of the time the uh, yeah, a lot of the time it's uh, the the girls are doing a lot of the same thing. And I do got to say, at the beginning, I felt like the way this wrapped up at the end with everybody kind of having this a. Uh, you know, happy, happy, uh, everyone's okay kind of thing. Felt very much like an 80s television special with playing this music. You know, my neighbor Toad Rose, this is how it ends. You know, it, 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 the beginning and the very end of this feel like the beginning and ending of like an 80s television after school show, but like really high, high up there. Um, especially the beginning, it just kind of is like this repeating um, animation that's obviously expensive to do, but it's just it, it, it threw me off a little bit. It's also at three point seven million dollar budget. I didn't I didn't realize that. Um, let me see what else we got. Um, King Totoro is the mascot for Studio Ghibli. Yep, I think we knew that. Um, are all the tiny little Totoros Totoros too? Hmm. 
it says initially the movie didn't do well at the box office and did not even break even until about two years after the release when the stuffed dolls based on the King Totoro hit the shelves. So it shows that merchandising does have relevance and sometimes can even make or break the brand, maybe. Totoro is actually a species name. It's not an actual name of the person or thing. As seen in the movie, there are three Totoro creatures with different sizes and colors. The big gray one is O Totoro, literally Big Totoro, but in the English version, he's called King Totoro. The middle-sized one, blue one, is Chu Totoro, medium Totoro, and the tiny white one is Chibi Totoro, little Totoro. Usually when people just say Totoro, they refer to the big one, Big Gray O Totoro. That's kind of interesting. A Totoro plushie appears as one of the stuffed animals in Toy Story 3. Ooh, talk about cultural uh, relevance, even in the United States. Um, let me see. Uh, outside the Japanese Academy Awards, which historically ignored animated films until 1998, Princess Mononoke's 97, the My Neighbor Totoro won an award for every major Japanese film award, including Best Film and the both Manichi film and Kimini Junipo, as well as the blue. Oh, yeah, we already talked about that. Um, let me see. If, um, Roger Ebert says this is included on one of the greatest film movie lists of all times. One of the most beloved film family films of all times, he says. Um Kanta is seen playing with a model of an airplane. Apparently that's like a director's trademark. I'm pretty sure that there was somebody playing with a, uh, a plane and spirited away as well. Huh, let me see. Let me see. Flying on a top? Okay, that's apparently director's trademark. I didn't realize that was it. Um... And, yeah, the rest is kind of all things we, we've uh, talked about. Did kind of want some more of the cat bus, and you can never have enough cat bus. All right, so, take it easy.